This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to the Double Tap Express train. It is here, it is loaded, and we are ready to go with a look back at another big week in tech. You're listening to Double Tap Express. Woo-hoo! Your weekly roundup of what's happening on Double Tap this week. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how are you? Choking, Stephen Scott, choking, but thank you for all your help in laughing at me as I uh, took a drink that went the wrong way. Yeah, you almost expired on me there, which was kind of irritating, if I'm honest. Please don't do that again. But apparently kind of hilarious as well. So oh, that's all hilarious. good. Yeah, it was Hang on, funny. excuse me while I cough a little. You carry on. <laughs> that's better. <laughs> better? What's this? What's this woo-woo? You know it's parp-parp. That's written into my contract. Parp-parp, thank you. <laughs> It's been a busy week, hasn't it? Well, I was going to say, it's been a strange week, hasn't it? It's been I mean, a bit we, weird, yeah. We've had a few difficulties, you know, you with your um, studio remodelling. Uh, I've had a few technical issues, but you know what? It's been a good week. I'm going to summarise this week in one sentence. What do you mean it's not going to be ready till Wednesday? <laughs> that was pretty much the week. That was mine, it. Mine was, I'm so, so sorry, Mr F. Mr <laughs> <laughs> He's always listening. He's always he listening. Uh, but yeah, it's been a big week in tech as well, because, of course, we had the Apple event and uh, we've got more next week as well, which we'll tell you about in a minute. But lots to talk about on the show. Plus, coming up on The Express this week, we will be learning all about that accessible YouTube app, which is absolutely fantastic. Robin Christofferson got in touch to share his news on that. And also, if you've ever wanted to send in a comment about an app to a developer to say, hey, this isn't working, this button isn't right, and you want to demonstrate that, well, you can do it by screen recording on your iPhone. Michael Babcock this week helped us out with that. So we're going to get into all that, plus we'll be reviewing all of the latest Apple event news and all we've learned since the Apple event on Tuesday. It feels like that was about three weeks ago now. I know, it does, and yet still more news coming out of it. It's great. Absolutely. But of course, we always start with the news. No Grace this week. She's uh, not feeling too good this week. Oh, get well soon, Grace. Yeah, yeah, she couldn't make it. But uh, we do have someone very special to read our news headlines. So ladies and gentlemen, I present to you... Mr F. Thanks, guys. It was Tuesday when the first big story of the week hit. Apple CEO Tim Cook took the stage and made the company's first big product announcement of what we call Tech-Tember. This time, announcing a whole bunch of updates to some already great products, starting with the Apple Watch. Here's Chief Operating Officer Jeff Williams. It features a magical new way to control your watch with double tap, faster on-device Siri that lets you securely access health data, precision finding for iPhone, and a brighter display all enabled by the S9 SIP, our most powerful chip ever in Apple Watch. And it's Apple's first ever carbon neutral product. Starting at $549 Canadian, the Series 9 will be available next Friday, September 22nd, and features a brighter display, faster processor, crash detection, and Siri on board that makes it work faster and smarter. 
It wasn't the only Apple Watch with an update, though. The Apple Watch Ultra, which debuted just last year, is already getting bumps in speed, sensors, material, and of course, features. Apple Watch Ultra 2 starts at $1,099 Canadian, also available next Friday, and is more rugged, has a 36-hour battery life, a customizable action button, better GPS, and new watch faces. And of course, has a brighter screen and better connectivity. And all new Apple Watches have a selection of bands and new HomePod integration. The star of the Apple's event was the new iPhone 15 lineup, starting with the iPhone 15 and 15 Plus. Here's Apple VP of iPhone product marketing, Cayenne Drantz. iPhone 15. It has so many innovations that you can use every day, like the Dynamic Island, a 48-megapixel main camera that provides a 2x telephoto and A16 Bionic. And it has capabilities that no other smartphone has, like the ability to get emergency and roadside assistance when you're off the grid, all built into a durable, color-infused design. And with all of these fantastic features, iPhone 15 is ready wherever the day takes you. The iPhone 15 has a 6.1-inch screen, starts at $1,129 Canadian, and will be available next Friday in stores. And it will come in five new colors. On board is a faster processor, brighter screen, and a brand new camera system with a 48-megapixel camera. The Plus model has the same specs, but a 6.7-inch screen. Pro users will want to pay attention to the iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max, featuring a new lighter titanium design, USB-C connectivity, and new action button, and of course, new colors. The Pro starts at $1,449 Canadian for the 6.1-inch screen and $1,749 Canadian for the 6.7-inch version. And aside from the processor upgrades and a focus on gaming, the new telephoto camera offers a 5x zoom, making it the longest ever optical zoom of any iPhone, with a new amazing portrait mode. The complete iPhone lineup features all-day battery life, better connectivity overall. They're all available for pre-order now. And just when we all thought it was done, the company also announced the AirPods Pro 2 after the event with a press release featuring a new charging case with a USB-C and minor under-the-hood tweaks as well. On to other headlines now. Google's Lookout app is getting smarter all the time and is now able to create detailed image descriptions thanks to artificial intelligence. The Android app is designed to help blind and partially sighted users understand their surroundings. As part of the update, users can upload an image and get more precise information about what's depicted, even if there aren't any captions or alt text, which is text that can be added to an image to describe it to blind people. People could also ask follow-up questions for more information about an image. Google's head of accessibility, Christopher Patno, told DoubleTap earlier this year more about the update. We can describe captions or people, objects, and text, which is, which is great. It's kind of like what Chrome has with a get image descriptions, but now it's on, 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 your, on your lookout. Meanwhile, Be My AI should be available to all users of the popular Be My Eyes app in the next two months, the company CEO Mike Buckley tells DoubleTap. The feature powered by OpenAI's ChatGPT large language models will allow users to query images for information and even get instant confirmations on descriptions from volunteers. 
Privacy issues mean many of the images uploaded to OpenAI servers are being blurred if people or personal information such as addresses are included. Mike Buckley told us that this is something his company are working closely on with OpenAI to fix. People and faces are really important. And currently what we have is a situation where um, because of privacy laws and various biometric laws in, in certain jurisdictions, certain of, the, uh, of those images are being blurred. Um, we are working on a workaround for that within the Be My Eyes app that I'm cautiously optimistic that we'll have. But I just I underestimated the, the power and importance of people. Right. And, 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 and connecting with photos and images of people, whether it's a holiday card or your Instagram feed or, or whatever. And so that was, um, you know, our, our beta testers actually were, were some of them were quite emotional about this. And um, and it was it was it was fascinating and heartwarming and, and just a learning for me. If you're looking to purchase a new set of Braille bricks from Lego, you can look no further than the CNIB Smart Life Store. The Canadian Organization for Blind People has been working with the Lego Foundation for a number of years, originally ensuring that the kits got in the hands of blind children across the country. Andrea Voss from CNIB explains to Double Tap how the partnership got started. We signed a partnership with the Lego Foundation in 2020 because the Lego Foundation had this large philanthropic project that was coming out called the Lego Braille Bricks. And initially, at that stage, we were one of 20 countries to participate in the distribution of these Braille brick kits to a defined user group. The idea behind it was to allow for children to become interested at an early age in Braille and to increase Braille literacy around the world. The Canadian bank Scotiabank is now offering a new service to deaf customers to allow them to communicate with customer support representatives using a direct video relay service. The service allows VRS users in Canada to dial 1-866-267-4726 to connect with an advisor through an interpreter who is fluent in either American Sign Language, ASL, or Langue des Signes Québécoise, LSQ. The dedicated phone line has been welcomed by the deaf community and highlights the bank's commitment to accessibility. Monica Ackerman is the head of accessibility at Scotiabank and told Double Tap how that commitment got started. We started really in digital accessibility in our Scotia Digital organization, where we're embedding accessibility into all of our software design practices. And through there, um, we're able to expand out to say, okay, what else is there in terms of serving our customers? You know, how else can we um, uh, influence and educate around how important accessibility is, not only for our customers, but also for our employees? And where are there opportunities in that digital space and that service space to create fully inclusive experiences? And as we round off a busy week in the tech world, we prepare for another busy one next week. Amazon are expected to show off their latest hardware innovations on Wednesday featuring potentially new Alexa hardware and hopefully some of the much-needed improvements to the Smart Assistant too. And on Thursday, Microsoft Ignite will showcase the new Surface hardware and possibly even a preview of Windows 12. As always, keep your ear on Double Tap for the latest breaking news 
And also join Stephen and Marco Flalo over on AMI-tv for Access Tech Live, Thursdays at noon Eastern, for even more tech news from the disability point of view. Meanwhile, that's it for Double Tap News this week. Filling in for Grace Scofield, my name's Andy Frank. Back to you guys. Oh, thank you, Andy. As we Mm. call him here. Yeah, we don't like calling him Andy. I don't like that at all. I've got to say, I think that was probably the best ever read news segment we've ever had. God bless you, Mr. F. Oh, yeah. I, I love you, Grace. I, oh, I was no. just about to say, you've just, just upset Grace. I've got myself in trouble. That's it. Well, no more Grace now. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. So sorry. Thank you, Mr. F. It's been a busy week, though. And the Apple event, of course, is what really kicked off the news. I mean, it really was the big story of the week for everybody. I will say, though, I do love that we have Double Tap News every week on the show because... It just gives us a chance to get into those stories we don't always get a chance to talk about during the week because you and I are talking about, I don't know, cakes or something. Yeah, spiders, you know, something else entirely. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it was, of course, the iPhone 15 Pro that a lot of people were rather interested in, including Michael Babcock, who joined us this week on uh, Wednesday. He joined us to talk about his views on all of this. Let's hear what he had to say about the iPhone 15 Pro and why he thought it might be one worth buying. For me, I do like the 6.1-inch form factor. The larger Pro Max is going to come in at 6.7. Uh, so if if I upgrade, and I still say if because I haven't actually pulled the trigger, which really means that my wife's probably going to get a new phone. I'm going to get her hand-me-downs is usually how that goes. But <gasps> I'm going to push to get this 15 Pro because with the 15 Pro, uh, it'll give me that USB connectivity so I can do what I want with it with other uh, external devices but it also has lidar and i haven't even experienced lidar yet because i'm on a 12 right now i think going from that 12 whatever the a processor in there is to the a17 on the 15 pro is going to be night and day for me yeah yeah how long do we have to wait before lidar starts to trickle down lidar was mentioned on the 15 pro and pro max it was not mentioned on the 15 or 15 plus and so i did find online confirmed that it doesn't appear to be there um and honestly that action button really has me intrigued on this uh 15 Pro. oh yes this is the first time I want a pro device. <laughs> yeah, no, you said this last night. I was thinking, I, wow, absolutely. he wants a pro. Wow. Yes, and I'm definitely, there's one thing I'm not. It's a pro. But this time, <laughs> I want that pro purely because of that action button. That's yeah. it. Am I, and I'm willing to pay that extra, what, 200, 300, whatever it so here's, is. So here's what we know about the action button, right? So we know that it's a, a button rather than that switch, but it's also customizable. Now, we kind of thought that would be the case. But what I'm actually more excited about is the fact that you can customize it with a range of different actions. And then in settings, you can choose which action the button does. So you don't have it. It doesn't have to be fixed to one thing, which is actually even better. So you could have it as a camera app launcher, which will then it will turn into your shutter button. Uh, once you've opened up the app, you could have it automatically start a voice note. I must admit, I did quite like that, though. That's that actually quite cool. useful. Yeah. yeah, dictation device in my or a dictaphone in my pocket, yeah. which it already is, by the way. But you know, I've got to go into an app and press a button and a thing. And I just want to click a thing on the side. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, there's that, and you know, obviously, you can do lots of other stuff with the do not disturb and you know, silent mode and all of that. You can basically just customize it to suit yourself. So. That is pretty cool. So yeah, I can totally see why why that would appeal to you. Um, on the, the, the yeah, the USB C is is definitely of interest to me. The weight is another factor. I've mentioned this before on the show that I've got this neurological condition that affects my hands, and it does mean that phones like the iPhone 14 Pro are just they're, they're heavy. 
heavy for me. They're unwieldy for me. That's why I really like the 13 Mini. I just I get so annoyed because I want the power of the, the Pro, but I need the 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 actual use case for me is is much better with a lighter phone. So these might be better because these are built with titanium. I have no idea what that means, but basically they say it's lighter. So let's look at the stats on this. So last year's iPhone 14 Pro weighed 206 grams. Okay, the new iPhone 15 Pro will weigh 187 grams. They're saying that's about wow. 9% less. We'll see what that means in reality. Even notice. Well, I'm thinking that. It doesn't sound like a lot, does it? <laughs> the larger 6.7-inch iPhone Pro Max is also significantly lighter, according to the article on 9to5Mac.com, uh, because of the switch to titanium. 14 Pro Max weighed 240 grams. The iPhone 15 Pro Max will weigh 221 grams. That's 8% less. So woo, woo, woo. we'll see. Okay. Sorry. Most of the weight in these larger phones are due to the screen and the battery. Surely. How much of the chassis actually makes up that weight? Can we get one without out? a screen? Well, yeah, that'd be <laughs> ideal. <laughs> Just take the, the screen Apple away. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If only. The 13 Mini is 140 grams. So this is still heavier, but it's, it's kind of right in between those two mm. weight markers. So interesting when it comes to the the real things that interest us. I mean, for me, it's the weights and you, you Sean, you're, I'm, I'm still amazed that you said this week that you were wanting a pro. A pro. Yeah, I want I'm amazed. the pro. Yeah, absolutely. I'm purely because of that button. It's It's got me really intrigued. I just think it could be so flexible once you start uh, messing around with shortcuts. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because it says just the information we've had in the past few days, that not all... It's almost like there'll be a little walled garden of what you're allowed to actually choose to do with the action button. It won't be open Uh-oh. to everything. So Really? Don't know if you that, can I run don't a, know about shortcuts yet, though. If you can run a shortcut, then surely it's open to pretty much anything. There's so many apps yeah, that yeah. make shortcut-specific functions available. Um, so that's what I'm interested in. Yeah, we'll find out. We will. Now, I have to say, we did ask this question on uh, Access Tech Live this week. We had Stephanie Cadieu, Canada's first chief accessibility officer. She's been on our show before. And by the way, can I just say, uh, it was suggested to me that I apologize to you because I yes. suggested you were on the show where Stephanie was on, uh, which you were. But uh, Gordon Anthony oh. got in touch on uh, Twitter and he said, I think it was Matt, Twitter or Mastodon, and he said, uh, I think you need to apologize to Sean because you remember you were with Mr. F in Vienna. You were not you with were. Sean. Yes. Yeah, but here's the thing. You were on the show remotely. You were uh, there. No, no, I'm pretty yes. sure. If only there was a way to find out. I'm going to find no. that clip. I am Thank actually going to apology. spend my weekend no, no. finding no, no. that clip. And Monday, I'm going to prove you wrong. No need. <laughs> Expect sure a breaking wrong. news jingle on Monday <laughs> that I'm wrong. No, that you're wrong. <laughs> Thank you, Gordon. Thank you. <laughs> Standing up for you. Uh, but yeah, while we were on air on our very first show, uh, we had Stephanie on and uh, we put this question to her. Mark was talking to her and uh, he asked her the ultimate question, of course, will you be upgrading to the iPhone 15? I generally don't update it right away because I'm too cheap. So <laughs> no, you're not cheap. You're frugal and you're being smart about it. OK, there's a, there's a difference there. Uh, exactly. Sure. That that sounds way better. Um, and so it probably won't. I probably won't upgrade to the newest and best. I am thinking about upgrading the one I currently have, though. 
to something newer. There you go. Is there any particular feature or reason that you want to upgrade yours? Because I know when people ask me, to me it's always about the camera. It's all about capturing my kids as they grow up. So that's the that's that's the compelling reason for me to always upgrade. And because I, you know, do a show like this. It's a great excuse. But any any particular reason that you would? Yeah, I want a purple one. <laughs> That's a good enough reason in my book. Is it? Yeah. So my husband doesn't agree with me that that's an important reason. <laughs> oh, that's such a good reason. To just want oh, a purple great. one. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I did it. My wife got a new watch. There was nothing wrong with her old watch. We got one because it was Starlight, whatever that means. Uh, you know, why not? I was even con- contemplating buying one because it was red. I mean, yeah. it's ridiculous, isn't it? You think... If you got some spare money, if it's not going to impact you negatively, go for it. You spend it on whatever you like. But you're, you're just going to take the mick out of me if I do that. Oh, yes, absolutely. But, All you right, know. Okay. All right, I see yeah, you. That's part no, of the fun. Normal service resumes. <laughs> um, let's talk about the Apple Watch because, uh, of course, the Apple Watch was the other big story. I must admit the one feature that came out of it was the double tap feature. And I have to say for us, we had quite a lot of fun with this because we were thinking, yes. wow, introducing double tap, eh? Hmm. <laughs> I, I didn't know that we were so um, uh, well-known uh, over at Apple Park, but there you go. Uh, but uh, then we found out it was actually a feature on the Apple Watch. Yeah. Uh, a feature which was reminiscent of an accessibility set of features, I guess, called Assistive Touch that came out a couple of years earlier. And uh, Shelley Brisbane was with us on Access Tech Live and she explained to us on the show this week about what assistive touch was and how it relates to double tap. So assistive touch is used by folks who have a motor delay, so they may not be able to manipulate the watch uh, either in terms of tapping or performing any sort of gesture. And so assistive touch makes those gestures easier either on the watch itself or by allowing you to use clenches and pinches and, and double tap like gestures. So it's kind of magical, actually, because it's the first set of gestures where you're not actually using the physical device, the watch. You're actually, based on how the watch uh, interprets your hand movements, able to control the watch just with your hand. And uh, that's something that I don't think a lot of people who weren't accessibility users thought about. Now, all of a sudden, we have this double tap feature, which brings that similar functionality, not exact, not identical, but brings a similar functionality to the mainstream. And so everybody's getting excited about what uh, folks in the who, who know something about accessibility have been aware of for at least a year. It's been around for two and a half years. It was first announced in 2021, but there was really a big upgrade to assistive touch last year. And if you dig down into assistive touch settings, you find that there are a number of gestures that allow you to do all sorts of things on your on your watch. Shelley Brisbane joining us on our inaugural episode of Access Tech Live over on AMI-tv. You can catch that every Thursday at noon Eastern on AMI-tv. Shelley knows her onions. Oh, she definitely does. Now, I heard somewhere, I believe it was from Marquez on one of his YouTube videos, that the double tap gesture is only exclusively available on the Series 9 and Ultra 2 because it, it requires that new processor. Rubbish. That cannot, surely, I mean, if we've already got these gestures, and I'm still unaware because I don't use them, uh, I just took a look at them when they were introduced, these assistive touch gestures. Is there not a double tap pinch there? There's something very similar to it, but I don't think it's the same. But I don't know what would be different enough to require the sensor to be different. I feel this is a software lock or a hardware lock or whatever you would want to call it. I I just, I don't think this is something that couldn't come to earlier watches the difference here of course is they're seeing this as a mainstream feature now if it was an accessibility feature 
I think they'd have a lot of trouble selling it, you know, to, to yeah. specific devices, right? Yeah. Because you would argue, well, hang on, why why would this accessibility feature only work? But then I suppose the same is true of LiDAR, right? LiDAR brings a lot of accessibility functionality that you can only get if you have the Pro. So, yeah, they have got form on this. Yeah, but that's purely the sensor isn't available in the other devices, mm. which is, I mean, it, it reminds me of the, when Siri was first made available, you know, it couldn't run on the, I can't remember which one it was now, but not available on the 4, but available on the 4S. And there's so many people, you know, there were hacks about trying to get it to run and it mm. could run. And it, yeah, it kind of just feels like a software lock maybe, but. Uh, Michael Babcock also with us on Wednesday talked about whether or not the watch was a good upgrade idea uh, from a voiceover perspective. I hmm. would say if you're just looking at it from voiceover, I, not a reason to upgrade. Uh, I'm using an Apple Watch SE 22 because my six bit the dust a couple of weeks ago and uh, called everyone in my emergency list and my wife came running oh, into fun. the bathroom to say, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just fine. What are you talking about? She's like, your watch just told me that something happened to you. I'm like, no, I'm okay. And then my son from Alaska calls me and the boys from upstairs my like, ah, so my family does love me. So I switched over to the Apple Watch SE because we had a spare one laying around. I am really considering going to either the 9 or the Ultra though uh, for the fact that now Siri can process offline and that mm. is huge on the watch because right now that's a struggle when you lift your wrist and you start talking to siri you got to wait 25 30 seconds for it to actually come back with the response or do something and it's my hope now that siri can do a lot of its processing on the watch that you'll actually get more effective and fast responses now yes i agree in theory that sounds absolutely perfect but how many of your siri questions apart from time can be processed on device rather than going out to the internet. Most of the things I do for my watch with Siri is set a timer, uh, yes. ask for the time, or send a text message. So all of those could be done oh, from yes. the watch. Then you are absolutely fine. Yes, it's interesting, isn't it? Again, these are features that seem that they could work on earlier versions, but seem to be exclusive or locked into newer devices. Um, well, Siri maybe- onboard processing, right? Maybe it's, well, it's all to do with neural, what do they call it, neural processing. I suppose it's because we're told every time a, a new product comes out, this is an amazingly fast processor. And then the next one comes out and says, oh, we can only do this because this is even faster. But I actually do have some breaking news on this. I believe that they, they oh. already have a, new, a, a piece of the script from next year's September event, <laughs> which says, yeah, I've got it right here. It says uh, iPhone 16 will be the fastest ever. Wow. And you can quote me on that. Yeah. And what what happened to a system on a chip? Why is it now system in a package? I mean, what's coming next? System in a sock? I'm confused. <laughs> in a box. <laughs> <laughs> but computers are just going to start growing again. It's going to be. We're going to end up with rooms with computer size in them because we can't we can't make them small anymore. We need them system to be big. In a room. Yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about AirPods because AirPods Pro 2 got an upgrade. That was that actually came out as a press release just after, uh, which was a bit weird, but also because they probably just didn't want to have the excuse of bringing up USB-C and changing to USB-C <laughs> again. So they decided to put that out as a press release. And these are totally different. And I think this is important to realize because up until now, you were able to buy a separate case. So say you lost your case, or your case got damaged or whatever it was. You could buy a separate case and you could put your 
old AirPods in them. Now, this was, of course, especially useful when MagSafe came along because you mm-hmm. could buy the MagSafe case and then just pop your AirPods into it. Can't do that with this. You have to buy the new AirPods because the new AirPods full package will come uh, with that spe- for that specific case with the USB-C. And they do have a couple of new features. They have lossless audio for Vision Pro, Vision Pro only, Weird. And also, uh, they have uh, extra dust repellent capability. That's not an official term. That's one Stephen Scott just made up. But basically, it will repel dust. (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, Mm. (laughs) Not not very exciting, I must admit. But hey, for those of you with a Vision Pro, you're going to love it. When you buy that, it's going to be fabulous. Uh, so that was the Apple event. Uh, lots of interesting stuff. I haven't pre-ordered anything yet. I just wanted to put what? that out there. Mm-hmm. I haven't pre-ordered anything yet. Okay. Because uh, I think I'm going to wait and get in store. I, the wait is the thing for me. So I want to get hands-on with these first before I make any decisions about purchasing. Uh, if the if there is a distinct difference in weight, then I'm all in. Yes. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I was kind of I was making fun of it before about you know 8% less, but... Yeah, it could make a difference to uh, for you, especially with yeah. your essential yep. tremor. It could do. Not essential to me. Well done. Thank you. Uh, stick around. More to come, <laughs> including news on an accessible YouTube app and how to screen record with your iPhone and get voiceover in the mix as well. That all coming up. This is Double Tap from AMI-audio. Email us, feedback at doubletaponair.com. Call us, 877-803-4567. And find us on social media, on Twitter and Facebook at Double Tap On Air. And now on Mastodon at Double Tap. Now, on Double Tap Express, each week we give you the chance to listen back to some stories you might have missed during the week. And one was a review of an app to help you use YouTube more easily if you're blind or partially sighted. Now, if you use Windows and you want to use the YouTube app or the YouTube website, you can do using this specific application, which seems to be built for blind people. Lots of great shortcuts to navigate and use YouTube and download content even. Robin Christofferson has the details. Hey guys, it's Robin here. We are going to look at a brilliant, brilliant YouTube downloader and player called Accessible YouTube Downloader Pro. And it is just that. It's truly accessible, but it's also easy to use if you just want to abandon the YouTube app or website altogether and you never want to watch an ad again. Now, I must stress that this is for downloading for personal use only. I personally use it for downloading um, the audio of... GCN, that's the Global Cycling Network, videos from their channel on YouTube. And I just get the MP3s and I can use those when I'm doing my spin sessions. But yeah, it's just for personal use. And you can get it from GitHub. The URL is complicated. But if you just search for Accessible YouTube Downloader Pro, then you will find it. I think it's the first link uh, to download it from GitHub. So... Let's see. We've got it on the desktop here. Accessible YouTube Downloader Pro. And the installation progress is really accessible too. If I hit enter on that. Accessible YouTube Downloader Pro. Press the Alt key to go through the available options or use the Tab key for quick access. 
Okay, so we've already got a brilliant message. So let's do what they say. Let's press the Alt key. Menu bar, main menu, M. Main menu, and if I, I right arrow. About, A, system, main menu, M. So there really is only the main menu. In the about, you've got help-related stuff. But here in the main menu, if I arrow down. Main menu menu. Search in YouTube. Control plus F. S. Search for things on YouTube. Download YouTube link. Control plus D. D. Download the link. Play YouTube link. Control plus Y. P. Play the link. Favorite videos. Control plus Shift plus F. F. That's really important or really useful. Open downloading folder. Control plus P. O. And they've all got shortcuts as you can see. Settings dot 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 alt plus S. S. Settings. Exit control plus W. E. And exit. So let me hit escape. Menu bar. Main menu. M. And you might be thinking, what's the link that I'm talking about? Well, that's if you've already gone to YouTube and you've got a link uh, on the clipboard ready to paste into somewhere. It can also auto grab links from the clipboard, as we'll look at in a moment when we look in settings. But if I just tab. Leaving menus. Press the Alt, search in YouTube, Control plus F button. So this is pretty much the same as we had in the main menu there. So this is the whole UI. You've got search in YouTube, Control F. Download YouTube link, Control plus D button. We'll look at that in a sec. Play a YouTube link, Control plus Y button. Play a video. Favorite videos, Control plus Shift plus F button. Favorite. Press the Alt key. And we're back up to the top again. So... We're not going to go and get a YouTube link, but if you had one, then you would go to the Control plus D. Search in YouTube. Twice. Download YouTube link. I'll hit enter. Download. Download link. Colon edit. You would paste the link in here. File type colon audio radio button checked. One of two. What's the file type that you want to download? For me, it's audio, but it could be. File type colon video radio button checked. Video. Two of two. That's two of two. I'll go back up to audio. File. And I'll tab again. File format, colon, combo box, MP3, two of two. And we've got two video uh, audio formats here. M for a. One of. M for a. MP3. And MP3, because I've got the audio option chosen a minute ago. Download button. And you can hit the download button there. So I'm going to hit escape. Accessible YouTube. And I'm going to hit tab again. Play a YouTube link. Control plus Y button. And this play a YouTube link will literally just bring up a box where you can put the URL in that you've just got from YouTube. But let's not go to YouTube. Let's um, do a search for our files. But before we do that, let's just do Alt S for the settings, which is what the hockey was. Settings dialog. Programs display language colon combo box. English. Two of five. So there are five different languages. If I arrow down, Francais, three of Turks, four Turkish, of Italiano, Italian. five, of, and if I hit right up to the top, one of five, Ooh. one of five. I don't know what that one is, but let's stick with English. English. And if I tab, download folder path colon read only edit. So you can choose where you want the downloads to go. I'll tab again. Change path button. You can browse to where you want them to go, and it'll obviously remember that if I tab again. General preferences automatically detect YouTube links when launching the program checkbox checked. So I've got this ticked, and this is what I was saying about if it detects a link on the clipboard because you've just pasted one in from a YouTube uh, page when you went to a website. If I tab again. 
General preferences automatically check for new update when starting the program checkbox checked. You want to do that? General preferences automatically load more results when reaching the end of the videos list checkbox checked. Reaching. <laughs> um, it downloads a certain number. I think it's 20 and we get to the end of the list. Um, for example, if you were listening down through a playlist, if you're arrowing down through a list of search results, then it will grab the next lot as well. Tab again. Download settings, direct downloading format, colon combo box, MP3 audio, three of three. So this is really useful. You can just do that hotkey. I think it was control D when you're on a uh, video that you like the sound of and it will download it directly. It won't ask you about the file format or anything like that because you've chosen them a moment ago. Download settings, MP3 conversion quality, colon combo box, 128 kbps, two of three. And here as well, you've chosen what you want it to be when you download it. If I tab again. Player options continue where you left the video when open it again, checkbox checked. This is huge. And we'll look at playing videos in a list in a moment. But to be able to go exactly to the point in the video where you last left off, even if you've closed the app, is so cool. Player options automatically replay tracks while its end is reached, checkbox not checked. So this is about looping when the end is reached, and I haven't checked that. Player options automatically play the next track when the current video ends, checkbox not checked. You can go straight to the next one in a playlist if you want to. I haven't actually got that checked. OK button. Alt and plus O. I'll hit space on that. Press the Alt key to go. Th OK, now let's tab. Search in YouTube. Control plus F button. So I could have done Control F, but I'll hit space on this. What should we search for? Search dialog. For? Search on YouTube edit. I'm going to search for GCN space um, hit H-I-I-T for high intensity interval training because there are an awful lot of GCN videos, but I want ones that are high intensity. They do other things um, around setting up your bike, good cycling tips, um, documentaries, etc. But I'm interested in a hit cycling workout. So I'll hit enter. Dialogue. Searching. Searching. Accessible YouTube Downloader Pro. Search results colon list box. Hit it indoor cycling workout vertical bar 30 minute intervals colon fitness training. Duration colon 30 minutes and 0 seconds. From Global Cycling Network. 3995984 views. 1 of 20. This is so cool. The information that you get. I think you heard there, we've got the first 20 results. It gave you the name of the video. It gave you the duration. It gave you the number of views. It gave you the channel. This is so cool. I'll arrow down. 20 minute fat burning workout vertical bar high intensity one, interval arrow training. Down. 30 minute hit cardio indoor minutes. cycling workout vertical bar. So there are at least 20 of these that match those criteria. And you can put in as many words as you like. Okay, so let's press enter to play this one. Hello and welcome to a GCN indoor cycling training session. Today we've got a short but intense 20 minute fat burning session. It packs a serious punch. So you've got loads of useful keystrokes here. I'll hit uh, space again. It's going to leave you feeling energized and, and pumped. Right arrow a few and a times. Bit Gently on the hard work that's about on us for today. So on the front row, you've got Luke. Pause it again to stop the action. And you can also do a control right and left arrow to go backwards and forwards through that list of videos. So let's do that. I'll just unpause it again. You see, James. Go on to the next one. 
Welcome back to another GCN training session. So this is the next You've video. clicked on a good session today. This is a pyramid session. Now, it is super another easy instructor. to follow, but I'm here to guide you. Just pause that with Spacebar. That's Manon, one of my favorites. And so, yeah, loads of really good keystrokes. I could do Control Shift F at this point to add this video to my favorites. But where we pause there, that's where we will pick up next time. And that's a really, really useful uh, feature there. So let's hit escape to close that video. Accessible YouTube Downloader Pro. Search results call. Okay, so we're still on that same video. The full pyramid vertical. Oh no, we're not on this, the next one along, aren't we? The full pyramid. Now, if I do Shift F10. Context menu. P. Play. P. Play, that's the default one. If I arrow down. Play as audio track. P. Play as audio track. Now that's even better to save your bandwidth, etc. Download submenu. D. So you could go download and we'll go into the submenu in a second. But if I arrow down. Direct download dot 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 control plus D. D. So direct download. The reason why it's got a dot 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 and ellipsis there is because it will bring up the downloading dialog. And you can have as many videos as you want downloading at once. It'll, each will have a separate dialogue and they'll say OK when they're finished. And they take only a few seconds, particularly when it's converting to audio. Uh, if I arrow down again. Navigate to the channel. N. That will take you to YouTube. Download channel. D. That will download the whole channel. Copy video link. C. Copy that to the clipboard. Open in browser. O. Again, that will open that page in the browser. Play. P. And we're back up to the top. I'll just go to the download. Play as our download submenu. Which had a submenu. Arrow right. Video. V. So we could go video. Audio submenu. A. We could go audio if I arrow to the right. M for a. M, M for a. MP3. MP3. M, M for a. There's only M. two there. Audio submenu. V. And it doesn't say submenu. I'll try arrowing right. No, there's no arrow right on video. I think you just get the video in its default format whatever it was uploaded as so yeah there you go i'll hit escape downloads it's that simple no ads you will never have to go to youtube again or the app and it's incredibly fast it's 100 percent accessible as you saw there and it's revolutionized my consumption of youtube not that i use YouTube for anything other than looking at these videos, but I know that people use YouTube all the time for a wide range of consumption of information, entertainment, etc. And I'm hoping that this will revolutionize people's enjoyment or utility when using YouTube. Okay, this is Robin signing off. Thanks a lot and speak again soon. Thanks, Robin, and I hope you check out Access Tech Live on YouTube because you can do that now. You've no excuse <laughs> if you're using that app at all. Well done. I must say, though, that there's two things that, that immediately jump out at me. Downloading content. Mm, okay, careful. Yes. And also, uh, no ads. Mm, I, I have to say, I think these apps need to build in the functionality to be able to sign into your YouTube Premium account because if I'm paying, and I am paying for YouTube Premium because I can't stand the ads either... I would like to be able to use that because I don't want that app to be at risk of YouTube saying, hang on a minute, yeah. we're losing money or we could lose money by people using this. Now, they might look at it and say, it's an app for blind people. It's a small number of people using it. Okay, whatever. But history hasn't 
being kind on this issue. Yeah, absolutely. And look, even if it was the case that we had to lose those features of being able to download content and um, have to watch ads, uh, still, the presentation of the YouTube videos, the information that you get, the interface to uh, being so accessible is still a great app, even if yeah. we lost those features. So, yeah, I'm very interested in this. Okay, let's talk about screen recording. Michael Babcock was with us this week to tell us all about how to screen record with voiceover on your iPhone so that you could send, say, a video to a developer and explain more about issues or challenges that you've been having with your app. Here's uh, Michael with the details. On a podcast, which sounds a lot like it's called Double Tap, I heard one of the hosts, Sean, mention the fact that he makes a recording of applications that might not be accessible. Now, there is a way to do this on Android. I don't have an Android device handy to show this to you. But I want to show you on the iPhone how you can record your iPhone screen and get your voice in there so you can talk to developers directly and let them see what you're encountering on their iPhone. Two caveats. Number one, I am using an iPhone 12, which means I don't have a home button. So figure it out. If you don't know how to navigate your phone, consider should you be sending feedback to app developers. And number two, I am on iOS 17. So you may hear things that don't sound exactly the same. The process and procedures, though, are exactly this. Now, the problem to be solved today is we want to let app developers hear what a voiceover user would hear if they were to use their iPhone. The gotcha with voiceover and app developers is some app developers don't know how to use voiceover, so they're not going to go try to use it, and having a recording might help them. Feel free to share this with anyone else you think might be interested. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to add the screen recording feature to the control center. I'll show you how to access the control center. And then we'll also show you how to do a recording because there is one step you got to take if you want to include your voice. So we'll start by tapping settings and we'll go in there. Settings. By default, the screen recording functionality is not in your control center. So in settings, we want to locate control center button. It's directly below the general option. Swipe down from the top right edge to open control center. That's how you can open control center. I don't get that to consistently work. How I actually do it is touch the status bar and then flick up on my screen with three fingers. So this screen's going to show you a list of the controls that are in your control center at the top. But if we use three fingers and flick up. Rows 8 to 26 of 28. You can hear that we've went to the next group of elements we can add. Insert screen recording. So I located screen recording and there's a button next to it that says insert screen recording. If we double tap this. Insert quick note. It then changes to insert quick note, which I don't want to insert right now. I can use three fingers to flick down. And voiceover didn't give me any feedback when I flick down. Uh, but what we're going to do is touch towards the middle, towards the bottom middle of the screen. Remove ping my watch. And that's a feature, I think, that's only for iOS 17, ping my watch. But if we flick to the right now. Reorder, remove ping, remove screen recording. There's remove screen recording. Well, what you want to do is find the screen recording, and that tells you that it's there. Now, if I flick to the right. Reorder, remove screen recording, button, draggable. Double tap and hold, wait for the sound, then drag to rearrange. And I want to do just that, because I want this to be towards the top of my opportunity. So I'm going to double tap. 
hold, and then slide my finger up and listen to the feedback that voiceover gives me. Move, 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 move above flashlight. And then I'll lift my finger up. Included controls, heading. Note that when I double tap and held, I did feel a gentle vibration or haptic, and that's when I knew I could just slide my finger up the screen vertically. So now let's go to the home screen. Settings. And if I touch in the top right corner, slide my finger down. IDK, three of three Wi-Fi bars, status RI, control center, airplane mode, switch button, off. Double tap and hold to show more controls. Double tap to toggle setting. That seems like it actually worked. If you can't get that to work, though, three finger flick up from the status bar once you put focus there. Now, about halfway up the screen on the left side. Screen recording button. I found screen recording button. And you may not have that there. So find the controls about halfway on the screen and flick through them until you find screen recording. And then you can go reorganize that in your control center in settings if you're interested. Now, here's the important part. I'm going to flick down. Don't double tap, but flick down. Open controls. And there's an option to open controls. If I double tap now. Selected photos button. It brings me to... Probably not one of my favorite iOS UI interfaces. But if I touch at the bottom of the screen, about mid, about the middle of the screen. Microphone off button. I find microphone off button. If I double tap that. Microphone on. And then I flick to the left. Start recording button. When I double tap. Three. Stop record. Two. One. VoiceOver gave you a countdown that it interrupted itself with, and now it is recording. So I'm going to go and use my home swipe button. Full action. Selected. Screen recording button. I had to do it twice because the first time actually brought me back to Control Center, and now I can hear. Doc. Safari. Messages. 163 unread messages. I should read those one of these days. Anyways, now I'm going to go ahead and stop screen recording by touching the left side of the status bar, and you'll hear. Screen recording in progress, 12.09 p.m. button. So that's how you know that screen recording is in progress. If I double tap, swipe, alert, screen recording. This brings me to an alert that I can flick through. Stop screen recording. Cancel, but stop button. And I'll double tap on stop. 12.09 p.m. status bar item. Now it's only the time in the top left corner. And if I find photos, I can double tap on that. I typically then locate the albums tab three of four and I'll double tap on that and then find recents 1,340 photos a black background with there also is another album now if you, this is the first time that you've done this favorites drive YouTube seeing it WhatsApp Insta, text eBay shared see family created by fam 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 text see all share eBay text Insta, WhatsApp seeing AI photos YouTube zero photo drive text favorites recents see all but Recents, 1,340 photos, a black background with nothing on it. So I'll double tap on that. Video, time, 12.09 p.m. I can double Night tap sky. on that. Vi Recents, back button. And then you're in a standard video watch screen. Video. Play video button. You can locate the play video button. Play video. Voiceover gave you a video. A screenshot of a computer app. And now it is recording, so I'm going to go and use my home swipe button. Full action. Selected. Screen recording. Button. I'm going to two-finger double tap. And then, and then you can locate the toolbar at the bottom of the screen. You may need to double tap if all it says is video.
The share button is located in the bottom left-hand corner. You can then copy that to your clipboard, paste it into an email, or share it as a email directly with the developer. Hopefully you got a little value out of today's audio. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out on Mastodon, Payom, P-A-Y-O-W-N, at unmute.community. Thank you to Michael Babcock for his uh, always extensive demos and uh, passion that he puts into those as well. And uh, also a big thank you to Michael for joining us this week on our Apple event coverage. You can go back and listen to that from uh, Wednesday on the podcast if you're... uh, Subscribe to the podcast. If not, why not? Why not? Why, why not indeed? Yes, uh, feedback at doubletaponair.com. <laughs> Let us know. Why not? Uh, we've got a busy week next week again because Amazon, as we heard earlier, and Microsoft are having an event. Uh, not a lot coming out yet from Amazon, but we are starting to get some leaks about the Microsoft event. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we know so far? A Surface Laptop Studio 2. That's the one that has the screen that folds across the body of the oh, device. It looks beautiful, that thing, like an mm. engineering masterpiece, yes. So there's uh, talk of that and also a new Laptop Go 3. Now, the Laptop Go was, uh, I think, what? the traditionally underpowered one, uh, but it's apparently going to get some nice new updates, including uh, the 12.5-inch screen, first off, so much smaller, much neater. Um okay. Also likely to have a new Intel 12th Gen Core i5 CPU up to, and up to 16 gig of RAM. The base model will come with just 256 gig of storage, and of course you can upgrade that as well. And it will start at 899 euros in Europe. Um, uh, um, whatever that okay. means. Um, and also Surface <laughs> Studio 2 uh, internals will be upgraded with up to an NVIDIA GeForce RTX 4060. 4060, wow. 4060, wow, okay. Uh, up to 64 gig of RAM and up to one terabyte of storage. So is the storage that gets me on these things. They, they could really do with upping that more. And then maybe there are options or maybe that'll come, but we'll see. That's a billion Word documents. You're fine. you got more than enough. Um, apparently, we're not expected to see new Surface Pro or Surface Laptop models next week. But we will see these new Go's, uh, mm. also a new Go 4. Uh, which is a 10-inch tablet, which I think, again, is like a smaller version of the Pro. Um, again, a little bit less powered. Um, it's again a little bit um, diluted, isn't it? I, 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 yeah, I'm definitely interested to see what they've got, just to make sense of the lineup again, to be honest. I think as it's, it's getting on, it's getting actually quite hard to track. I mean, you, you can see the Surface Pro as that traditional business machine, um, I would say that the goes are certainly aimed at people who are, I mean, you could argue it's maybe on more for education. Yeah, and obviously on the go as well, yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, but people who want a bit more portability. But I think, yeah, portability and capability need to be married up a little bit, I think. Because yeah. I do, I, <laughs> the thing is, I'm selfish because I don't care about the screen. So I want the power, but I want the portability. So, you know, the idea of a 12.5-inch laptop sounds kind of nice to me. It's like I was saying to you this week about the Samsung Galaxy Book 3, which is the, there's yes. various versions of it, but there's a 13.3-inch one, which just was so nice. Yeah. So yeah. nice. Like a, a 12th Gen i5 with 16 gig, 
that's powerful enough for most people. Yeah, more than enough. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to get into all that next week. Uh, Robin Christofferson will be back with us. He'll be joining us for the Amazon event, possibly even for Microsoft's event coverage as well. We'll get into that on uh, Thursday and Friday of next week. And, of course, more demos. And, uh, yes, I am going to be talking about the Smart Vision 3 from Capsus next week. Ooh. So look out for that. Uh, keep, of course, in touch with us as you will on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it this week. X. Okay, let's go with that. I think we should just call it X from now on, shouldn't we? That is its yes. name. Yes, that's definitely so what we should, we should probably call. just call it that. The bird is dead. Get over it. Long live the bird. Uh, but yes, wow. uh, at Blind Guy Tech, that's me. At, are you at Sean's Shed? Or Sean uh, you know, Shed? I actually can't remember, so I'll Excellent. get back to well you on that. Uh, and Thanks. on Mastodon, you'll find us at Double Tap On Air. We're back on Monday. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.